Hello, my name is Jacqueline and I'm a very proud grandma. I write stories for my grandchildren and I'm happy to share them with you too. So make yourself comfortable because my next story is about to begin. Kelty Goes to London, Part 3 Kelty and her grandma were on their way to Buckingham Palace and Kelty was really hoping to see the Queen. They walked down the Mall, which is a short but fairly wide road, just under a mile long. It is coloured red to give the effect of a giant red carpet leading to Buckingham Palace. In front of Buckingham Palace is a roundabout where the Queen Victoria Memorial is situated. The memorial is nearly 25 metres tall and decorated with tributes to this great Queen, which include eagles, lions and goddesses, and also Queen Victoria herself. It's so big, said Kelty. Tell me about it, Grandma. The Victoria Memorial was unveiled in 1911, though not completed until 1924, in memory of Queen Victoria, explained Grandma. She was Queen from 1837 until her death in 1901. She was 81 when she died and had reigned for 63 years and 7 months. Is that the longest time anyone has reigned? asked Kelty. Well, it was, said Grandma. But then our Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, took over that record and has so far reigned for 70 years. Oh my, exclaimed Kelty, our Queen must be really old now. Grandma laughed. You could say that, she said. She is 93 years old and still going strong. Is our Queen related to Queen Victoria? asked Kelty, always hungry for more information. Yes, she is, answered Grandma. Queen Victoria was our Queen's great-great-grandmother. They walked towards the gates of Buckingham Palace. Kelty was amazed by the beauty of the magnificent wrought iron gates with the royal coat of arms set into them. The wrought iron fence which surrounds the palace was black with a gold-coloured fleur-de-lis which looks like an open flower with three petals, set at the top of each pole. Kelty looked through the fence and saw two soldiers standing in front of their sentry boxes. They looked very smart in their red tunics, black trousers, shiny black boots and large bearskin caps on their head. Look at their big fluffy hats, Grandma, said Kelty. They are called bearskin caps and are 18 inches high, explained Grandma. They were first worn by British soldiers in 1815 and are made from the fur of Canadian black bears. Today, some people are not happy about using bear skins, but the British Army has tried various other materials for the skins. But so far, the man-made fur caps lose their shape in strong winds and get waterlogged in heavy rains. I bet that looked funny when they were on parade, laughed Kelty, imagining the sight of a soggy, furry black hat flopping over a soldier's face. 
And I expect the Queen was not amused, said Grandma. How do they keep their caps so upright on their head? asked Kelty. They look really heavy. They weigh only one and a half pounds, said Grandma. They look a lot heavier than that, remarked Kelty. Well, that's because the bearskin is stretched over a basket-like framework, which is attached to an adjustable leather skull cap and chin strap for a secure fit, explained Grandma. Kelty watched the soldiers as they started to march in front of their sentry boxes. Oh, so they don't stand still the whole time then, Grandma, asked Kelty. Traditionally, the Queen's guards are not allowed to move, explained Grandma. They may not eat, sleep, smile, stand easy, sit or lie down during their duty. But every 10 minutes, they will come to attention and march across their post four or five times. Then the guard halts and stands at ease again in front of his sentry box. As Grandma finished explaining, so the guards stopped marching and returned to their positions in front of their boxes. Are they guarding the Queen? asked Kelty. They are guarding the palace, answered Grandma. How will I know if the Queen is home? asked Kelty, still hoping to see her. Well, there are two ways, explained Grandma. One of them is the number of soldiers guarding the palace and the other is the type of flag flying at the top of Buckingham Palace. Tell me more, Grandma, said Kelty, really hoping the Queen was home today. When the Queen is in residence, there will be four foot guards at the front of the building, and when she is away, there are only two, explained Grandma. Kelty felt disappointed. There are only two guards today, Grandma, she said. Then she had a thought. Maybe the other two guards are having a rest and will be back soon. No, sweetheart, said Grandma, sorry to shatter Kelty's theory. There are always enough guards here, three officers and 36 soldiers altogether. A guardsman spends two hours on duty and four hours off. I don't think the Queen is home today. But what's the other way we can tell if she's home? asked Kelty, hoping that there was still a chance the Queen could be here. If the Union flag is flying, that's the national flag which represents our country, the Queen is not home, explained Grandma. But if the Royal Standard is flying, that's the official flag of the reigning British sovereign, then the Queen is home. They both looked up at the roof of Buckingham Palace and saw the Queen's flag was not flying. Instead, the Union flag had taken its place. Kelty was very disappointed. She really wanted to see the Queen. I'm sorry, Kelty, said Grandma, putting her arm around her granddaughter and hugging her tightly. She felt disappointed herself because she knew how much Kelty had longed to see the Queen. It's nearly time to go into the palace, Grandma said, looking at her watch. Come on, let's go. They walked round to the far side of Buckingham Palace, where the tour would begin. Soon they entered Buckingham Palace and was amazed by how grand, spectacular and colourful it was. They were directed up the grand staircase with its elaborate and elegant gold railings. 
The rooms were furnished with many of the greatest treasures from the royal collection, including paintings, sculptures, porcelain and the finest furniture in the world. They were taken into the ballroom, which was enormous. It was complete with its own organ and tables were laid out ready for a banquet. They enjoyed looking at this room with its grand design and the beautiful plates and cups and glasses and so much on the tables. It certainly was a banquet set for a queen. Then they were taken into the blue drawing room where many of the queen's outfits she had worn through her reign were on display. Grandma eagerly looked and read about the magnificent clothes and was soon lost in thought as memories came flooding back to her as she remembered the Queen's history. Kelty wandered behind her and enjoyed seeing the beautiful sparkly dresses. Then, out of nowhere, Kelty heard a noise. Psst! She looked around but couldn't tell where the noise was coming from. Then she heard the noise again. Down here, said a voice. She looked down and there was one of the Queen's corgi dogs staring up at her. I'm glad I've got your attention at last, said the corgi. Come with me, I need some help. And without waiting for Kelty to reply, the corgi set off and Kelty followed. He took her into the throne room. At the far end of the room, Kelty could see two thrones side by side, set upon a slight platform with an elegant red curtain trimmed with gold braid draped behind them. The corgi stopped in front of the thrones. The queen keeps my treats in a tin under her throne, the one on the left, said the corgi. Can you get them for me? Kelty looked around at the passing visitors but they either couldn't see the corgi or was taking no notice of what was going on. Kelty went up to the throne and sure enough, underneath was a small tin. She pulled it out and opened the lid. Inside was two small bone-shaped treats. She took them out and then placed the tin back under the throne before offering the treats to the corgi. Thanks, he said, chomping on the bones. It took him less than a minute to eat the treats. Then, after searching around for any missed crumbs, he licked his lips and smiled up at Kelty. I needed that, he said. What can I do to repay you for your kindness, he asked. By the way, my name's Monty. Nice to meet you, Monty. My name's Kelty, replied Kelty. And I really wanted to see the Queen but I noticed her flag wasn't flying on top of the palace today and there were only two soldiers guarding outside. And then, at the start of our tour, the tour guide said the Queen is never here during the summer. She is at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Monty listened with fascination to Kelty's sad story, impressed by how knowledgeable she was. He thought for a moment and then said, Follow me. He ran out of the throne room, along the hallway and up a flight of stairs. Kelty moved as fast as she could to keep up as he ran along another hallway and up another flight of stairs. Then he stopped outside a door, which he scratched at with his paw. The door slowly opened and Monty went inside, followed by Kelty. The door closed behind them and Kelty looked around. 
The room was large and elegantly decorated, with two chairs placed in front of a large curved picture window which looked out across the palace gardens. At that moment, another door to Kelty's left opened and in walked the Queen, followed by four more corgi dogs. Kelty gasped as Monty said, This is Kelty. The Queen, who didn't appear shocked that her corgi could talk, said, Hello, Kelty. You must be one of Monty's friends. I'm just about to have tea. Would you care to join me? Kelty was lost for words. She truly didn't think she would see the Queen today, and now here she was about to have tea with her. Hello, Your Majesty, Kelty said timidly. Don't be shy, dear, the Queen said, trying to put Kelty at ease. Call me Lilibet. I'm off duty now and nobody knows I'm here. I meant to be in Scotland, but I wanted to have some quiet time and pretend for a moment that I am just a normal person. Sit down here and enjoy the view of the gardens before tea comes. This is my favourite spot in the palace. They both took a seat and the corgis sat at the Queen's feet. This is Emma, Linnae, Willow and Holly, said the Queen, pointing to each corgi as she named them. You've already met Monty, I see, she added. He's the cheekiest corgi I've ever owned and surprises me daily. Have you always had corgi dogs? asked Kelty, thinking about her own little dog back at home. I have had other breeds of dog, but my favourite is the corgi, the Queen said. My first corgi was an 18th birthday present named Susan, and since then I have owned over 30 of them. Do you have a dog? Yes, replied Kelty, feeling a little more relaxed now. He's a tiny chihuahua, Jack Russell Cross, called Dougie. He's my best friend and we have lots of adventures together. That's wonderful, said the Queen. Dogs are such good pets and a great company too. Are you visiting here alone? No, my grandma is downstairs looking at the display, said Kelty. Oh, good, remarked the Queen. Well, we won't keep you too long. At that moment, the door opened and in came the maid with a tray. She placed it on the table in front of them and then asked... Do you require anything else, ma'am? No, answered the Queen. That will be all, thank you, Alice. Alice gave a little curtsy and left the room. Kelty looked at the items on the very large tray. The tea was in an elegant silver teapot, the milk in a silver jug, and a small silver bowl was filled with sugar cubes with a tiny pair of silver tongs laid across the top. The teacups were made from fine bone china, decorated with a delicate pattern of pink rosebuds with saucers and plates to match. The final item on the tray was the biggest cake Kelty had ever seen. How do you like your tea, Kelty? asked the Queen. Milk and two sugars, please, Kelty replied. The Queen poured the tea and then passed Kelty hers. Would you like a slice of cake to go with that? she asked. I always like a piece of cake in the afternoon. 
my favourite is chocolate biscuit cake because I adore chocolate and am secretly a bit of a chocolaholic. But today we have a delicious Victoria sponge. It looks yummy, said Kelty. I don't think I have ever had anything like that before. The Queen cut Kelty a generous slice. It's a light sponge cake with buttercream and fresh raspberries inside and a light dusting of icing sugar over the top, she explained. She passed Kelty a plate with a slice of cake upon it. Here's a napkin, she said. Enjoy. They ate their cake in silence as they savoured the moist texture and sweet taste. The Queen took a sip of her tea and Kelty asked, Do you take sugar in your tea? Well, said the Queen, my perfect cup of tea is Twining's Earl Grey tea with a splash of milk and no sugar. Kelty smiled, pleased to know the answer at last. She finished her last mouthful of cake and drank her tea. Thank you for tea, Lilibet, she said. I will never forget this. You are very welcome, said the Queen. But you can't tell anyone. Remember, I'm here in secret. She stood up and walked over to her desk, which was in the far corner of the room. She took something out of one of the drawers and came and sat back down next to Kelty. Here's a souvenir of your visit with me, she said, handing Kelty a small box. Carefully, Kelty opened the box and inside was a large silver coin. It's beautiful, said Kelty. Thank you so much. It's a coin commemorating my platinum jubilee, said the Queen. I've been on the throne for 70 years. That's a long time in one job. Yes, it is, agreed Kelty. She put the coin back into its box. I will put it with my other pieces of treasure, she said, and my souvenir from the Tower of London. Oh, what souvenir did you get there? The Queen asked. Kelty took it out of her pocket and showed her. It was a silver charm of a raven. It's beautiful, said the Queen. The perfect gift for a princess. Thank you, said Kelty. I did enjoy seeing the ravens. They are quite characters, said the Queen. It's never a dull moment when they're around. That's true. Kelty said, and smiled as she thought of the six ravens she helped at the Tower of London. I think I should be going now, said Kelty. My grandma will be looking for me. Yes, that's a good idea, said the Queen. Monty, take Kelty back to her grandma, please. Monty came over and stood by Kelty as the Queen opened the door. Goodbye, Kelty, she said. It was lovely to meet you. Monty led Kelty back to the blue drawing room just as Grandma came to the end of the display. Bye, Kelty, said Monty. Thanks for getting the treats for me. And before she could answer, Monty had run off. Have you enjoyed the display, Kelty? asked Grandma as Kelty went up beside her. Yes, Grandma, said Kelty. I've had a wonderful time. We've nearly finished here and I'm shattered, said Grandma. I think I'll have a nap on the train ride home. It was just starting to get dark as they made their way back to Waterloo Station. 
As they rode the big red London bus, Kelty enjoyed seeing the bright coloured lights which lit up the streets and the buildings, making London look so magical. Soon they were on the train and Kelty leant on her grandma and they snuggled together for the journey home. That was so much fun, said Kelty, yawning. Thank you for a wonderful birthday treat, Grandma. I'm glad you enjoyed it, said Grandma, kissing the top of Kelty's head. I learnt so much about London today, said Kelty. I can't wait to tell my friends about it. Grandma smiled, pleased that Kelty had learnt some of London's history in a fun way. Then she too closed her eyes as she heard Kelty's gentle snores, both exhausted from the adventures and excitement London had given them. Thanks for listening to my story. I hope you enjoyed it. Before you go, I'd like to ask you a question. Which famous person would you like to meet? You can share your answers with me by either going to my website, grandmahasastory.com or by visiting my Instagram page, Grandma Has a Story. And check me out on TikTok, Grandma Has a Story. Thanks again for listening and come back soon to hear another story from Grandma. Bye for now.